It's communion, so uh, my aim is to gear us up, ready to receive the blessed meal of the Lord. So a message called There's Something About Mary. Every now and then I try to bring our attention to the greatest woman in world history. It's not Rita. It's Mary. But really to bring attention to her saviour. Um, now, she doesn't feature much on um, top 10 best women ever lists anymore. Uh, Beyonce has taken her out of the top 10. And uh, only one that I was doing research on had the Virgin Mary on the best list of women ever. In Western lists, these are Western lists. For, for, and definitely in Reformed churches, she doesn't feature much. We're supposed to call her blessed, but we barely ever speak about her. She's not in our songs. We don't mention her really in day-to-day, um, -day, you know, Protestant life. Or our artwork doesn't have Mary in it. There might be one there. Um, is she there? Yeah. Um, certainly doesn't feature in our thoughts much. Mary. But, but there's something about Mary. Um, better known by Eastern Christians as... Uh, Theotokos, the God-bearer, uh, the God-carrier. And uh, I want us to get this right in our minds this morning so that we can worship God at the communion table. So she's called blessed, um, but in our church circles, we don't really call her blessed. And I think that might be a bit disobedient, actually, because every generation's going to be calling her blessed. So why don't we think much about Mary um, in our one reason is Reformed churches don't really like women, do they? Not really. That's our shame. Historically, we put them in the kitchen, and that's about all they can do in our churches. That's true, isn't it? So we'll own that one. Um, Park End's better, actually, than uh, a lot of Reformed churches. So, uh, but also, I get, there's quite a lot of modern stuff where we go overboard in some areas of Christianity. Like, there's some prayers and devotion to her, which are almost heretical in some church circles. Some churches call her like a co-redeemer of salvation. And that's quite overboard. That's spicy, that one. Um, so I want to get it right for us. And I want us to worship the Lord, not Mary. But I think Mary can help us, really, in this communion meal. In Luke chapter 1, um, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And then in verse 48, Behold, all generations henceforth will call me blessed. So, your friend walks up to you, and your friend says, Hey, there's something about Mary, isn't there, in your um, religion? Why is she blessed? What do you say? I'll have a sip of water while you think about your answer. She's the central woman in your faith, isn't she? What do you say? Well, I got some answers. You're not going to like this if you're a Muslim or if you're a Jehovah's Witness, but one answer is that God shares her DNA. Not like some really good prophet but the divine Lord, God, Jesus, shares, the divine Son, shares Mary's DNA. Now, there's a raft of reasons why she doesn't share Joseph's, 
And if you want a long email, I've got one ready. <laughs> I can send that one out. But, and it's, a, it's important, like why, but I don't want to go there this morning because we're limited with time. But Mary has been chosen to share DNA with the living God, the man, Christ Jesus, the King, the Savior, the greatest human that ever lived. Now, I'm told by teachers, my three sisters are teachers, and some teachers have said it here, the worst parents in the world to deal with on Parents' Day, Parents' Evening, are the ones who think they've given birth to God. <laughs> and uh, some are even called like Theo and uh, Jesus and things like that. That's big steps, big uh, shoes to fill. And those names are nice, but when parents take it seriously in the proud way, teachers look out. Um, there's no fault to be found in their child. And all the fault is in the teacher and the system. And of course, they're the birth, they're the offspring of a faultless parent. So apparently those are nightmares to deal with. But it has actually happened once where Mary did give birth to God, the God-bearer. Now imagine that parent's evening. Or Jesus' report card. Now, for some of you, you're like, this is like too earthy. But actually, it's quite biblical. It's biblical theology. We're dealing with a God-man here. Um, what we read of Jesus, his report card, wouldn't be one of a, a pompous swat. And Mary was a humble mum, so she often refers to her lowly state. In the Bible and in church history, some of the letters that we've got in church history, my lowly state. So the Lord was probably in his school days looking out for people on the edges and learning his trade. Other people knew Jesus at a distance, but Mary is blessed because she was his mother, the mother of God. And she probably had a little list of secret things that she loves about him that none of us will ever know because we're somewhat at a distance. You know when you keep like locks of hair and teeth and memories under the bed of friends that you've met or children that you've had or something. And so Jesus was the very DNA of Mary formed by the Holy Spirit. And that matters because it's Advent and it's like, who's coming? Well, someone very much like us is coming. And people have almost a magical view of the incarnation like Star Trek and God just got beamed down into Mary's tummy and bypassed DNA and genes and stuff like that. So he's almost an alien. And then we're like, well, obviously he can't handle my life because he's not really like me. And that's what happens if you forget the something about Mary. If you forget Mary, you really forget one of the central doctrines about the living God. That God looks like her and looks like us, um, had the same eye color as his mother, I presume, had the same hair color and the genetic tendencies to a point. Um, incidentally, er the earliest pictures of Jesus have him as a redhead. So that's one up for the Irish, if there's any, or the Celts among us, Mary and Jesus there. But it might be that the ink has faded over time and it becomes lighter. But I'm not sure that with mosaics, it does get lighter over time. So redhead um, in church history probably had Mary's smile and her smirk 
and her ears and her posture. And if we forget Mary, we forget the key doctrine of the living God, that he looks like us, he is one of us, he's Emmanuel, God with us, as one of us. And we're really bad at grasping that because we keep trying to handle life on our own because we keep thinking no one really gets me. How can he? Well, we're here to grasp Mother Mary this morning who had a baby boy just like you. He had a mum. He grew up. He faced difficulties. He knew pain. He laughed with his friends. He cried with his friends. He cried at death. He faced death. He tackled the very same issues that people listening this morning think I'm taking on my own. He lived what you live. He suffered what you suffer. He was as horrified at sin as you are when you turn on the news and you see all the abuse, or maybe it's right at home, or even in your heart, and you're ashamed of it. He knows it, He volunteers to take it all off you and onto himself. Then he takes on human guilt in its rawest form to take it away from you, and he's going to deal with it. And then that very same death that's been in your life this year or that you're worried about facing for yourself, he took it upon himself and disarmed it and dismantled it and brought it to its knees. Because God is one of us, and he handles our very human problems. So he's like us. But with communion in view, we bless Mary for that, for her son, but also this fact, that he's also very much not like us. He's like us, and he's not like us. I'm conscious that there's some people in the room or listening at home, and you might be thinking this, with Christmas coming, and it's just going to bring up pain and misery, and loneliness, and you might be thinking, I don't know if you've ever asked this, is there anyone who's actually good? Because I keep getting hurt, or I keep getting hurt, or I keep hurting others, and Christmas just makes that more intense for me. The humans in my life, they're broken. Is there anyone who can pull us up from this pit? And the answer, again, is Mary's baby, because he's like us, but he's also not. Because we can be human plus monster. He is human plus wonderful, counselor, glory. And the advent is the coming of one, finally, who's worthy of worship as we have this meal together. See, one of our biggest problems is that we have misplaced worship and we keep buying into lies on what to invest in with all of our heart and soul and mind and energy and time and then it just breaks and we're left broken as we idolize horizontal stuff and this is the blinding power of sin. See, with the coming of Mary's boy, it shows us that the human problem isn't really that we're bad and need to be good. It's that we're dead and need to be alive because everything that we try to do only goes so high. It's like we're vertically challenged. We just, we long for something more, but we keep going that way 
to find it. Our affections don't go higher. Is there anyone who can just pull us higher? I taught on the incarnation last Thursday, week, week before. And I came home and I said to my seven-year-old, I just finished teaching on the incarnation. Do you know what he said? Were they excited, Dad? Or were they on their phones texting their girlfriends? <laughs> it's a great question. Cuts to the very heart of mankind. Are we excited? Or are we texting our girlfriends? God has come. Or are we texting our girlfriends? There was probably about 12 of us there in the room. There's probably about 70 here and some at home. And you might say, well, numbers are so low because if there's a better teacher, more people would come. And I understand that. I take that point. But numbers are down all across churches in the West at the moment. So, but do you know how many people watched I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here at its peak this year? 12.5 million. Now, I like that show. It's quite fun. But I'm just making the case that we're prone to think a lot and get overexcited by the horizontal, lesser matters, which can take up our whole life. And in that way, they can be deathly aspirations which just wash away with the horizontal tide as we obsess about earthly matters. And we're here today to say, is anybody going to take us higher? Is there anyone to show us what that is like? So Jesus is like us, but he's also not because he seems to be able to connect with the height that we all long for and that we're made for. And now I'm going to give you a quiz to keep you awake as I make my final point this morning. And it's linked to all that. And it's in the, in the realm of Jesus showing what humanity truly should be and how we're lacking. And, but there's something about Mary Mary, here's my case, is the closest thing to the Old Testament Ark of the Covenant. And that's important. Let me explain. The Ark of the Covenant was the place where the living God used to sit in the tabernacle and the temple and the books of the law. His presence was there on the seat. And then, in the 2 Samuel reading that Paula read, the Ark, the seat is on the move. It's going towards David and off to HQ. And... Um, David, and, and right, here's the quiz. I won't say any more. In fact, I played this with you about four years ago. See if you remember. Spot the similarities about the presence of the Lord. 2 Samuel 6, 9. David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? Here's Luke chapter 1, verse 42. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said... Blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Do you see it? One of you. It's lost in the English, and lost even more in our English versions that we've got here. Elizabeth uses the same form of language when Mary visits as when the same expression as David uses when he's visited by the Ark of the Covenant. See, there's something about Mary. She has got the very same presence of God about her. She's a vessel to bring God himself in a mighty presence. 
as the ancient Ark of the Covenant. And here's why it matters, because humans can have that. Because there's something about Mary. You don't have to be horizontal and washed away with the tide of godlessness. You can, and as a church, we can have the mighty presence of God. And maybe, maybe some of you will connect with God, maybe for the first time in this communion meal. The ancient ark was the place where the nations came and received the presence of God himself and were saved. Mary is the New Testament version where her presence brings the Savior and people come to him and are saved. And Park End Church is on this roundabout so that people can come and meet the very same presence of God. And the angel answered to Mary, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. That is the same language as the Old Testament where God overshadowed the great Ark of the Covenant. And if you want further homework, read Revelation 12, where the woman who gives birth to Jesus seems to be the church of the Old Testament, and therefore Mary really is the Ark of the Covenant. But you can read that later after your lunch. So what? Mary reminds us that humans can really have God's presence about them this day. All right, you might not go home and give birth to Jesus, but here's a promise for a church member. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1 verse 27. And all right, you might not go home and say, my soul magnifies the Lord. But you might do actually. You could say with the psalmist, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together in church. Verse Psalm 34. So we say, Lord, send us your presence as we magnify your name. Here's why people need it. Because if we don't have the presence of God like Mary does, do you know what we're doing here? Wasting our time. Do you know what church is without God in your life? A system of rules and opinions. Do you know I read this week another case of a high-profile reformed evangelical preacher in America who's made shipwreck of his faith and was doing immoral things in a park with another church member. How do you get like that? How do you get like that? Where you've got all the doctrines ticked off and you can teach them and it's all right and true and correct, but you've formed this double dark life. How does that happen? You drift from the presence of God and you're just part of a system. You don't want me to turn up at your house and give you advice and Rita's lasagna. Not really. What we're made for more than that is to know God. And we're here so that God comes through us together because only He will hold you in your darkest moments. The system won't do it. Blessed Mary had the presence of God and our prayer at this communion table that he would meet us all in our darkness because he loves to come when we're miles away or we've just been part of a system or we're stuck in sin. He comes for the lowly in heart. So there's hope for every single one of us 
to meet the living God this morning.